Thank you very much for being here. I am so happy to welcome to the stage Renan Manice. No, Manice. Oh. <laughs> welcome to the stage Renan Manice. No, Manice. Oh. <laughs> it's almost. It, it, it's, it's okay. Okay. Manice. Manice. Great. Thank you. Um, and welcome to Re Pre Zen Tans. Oh, I love that. Die bundesweitest Artist Labs sind eine Maßnahme des Fonds darstellenden Künste, finanziert aus den Mitteln der Beauftragten der Bundesregierung für Kultur und Medien im Rahmen der Neustadtkultur. Um, Renning goes by the pronouns he. She, they, Ella. South American artist from Rio de Janeiro started at the State Ballet School Maria Oleneva. Right. Okay. That was the eye contact for checking for pronunciation. 2016 went to the Staatstheater Rio and started their freelance career 2017 in the UK, Wales, and premiered their first piece called entitled yet in london reflecting upon people with epilepsy 2019 they started freelancing in switzerland as well as well as uk and one month before corona they moved to berlin facing challenges such as registering due to all the closed offices and closed immigration administrations coming up in their latest piece in Leipzig, premiering next week, which would be the 14th of September, 2023, called Gestalten, which is col a collaboration with Loft, which is a mixed, mix-abled dance company. And this is a very site-specific performance. They are focused on healing the open wounds caused and imposed by the colonist vision, rewritten, rewrite spaces, and connect with our ancestry. Thank you so much for being here. It is my honor and my privilege to have a one-on-one converse, -on -one conversation with you today. So, I would really love to hear about your first work, Untitled Yet. I mean, uh, before before speaking about the work, I gotta s also say like I have like epilepsy itself. I have this condition s for now, like for ten years mm -hmm. since 2013. I discovered after a car crash that I, I would be a epileptic person, and of course, kind of for for a while, like, epilepsy is not a some sort of like disease that you have like very specific. Mm, agreements in between doctors it's really like you gotta try mm. you just go for certain types of medications or certain types of therapies and go for many different types of exams and you see what works for each individual and through this period of like more the research what was happening with me what um yeah what kind of is really going on in, from in my head or like whatever you want to call it I, I found myself quite lost, especially in the first year, because it takes some years to you can stabilize yourself mm -hmm. with the right medication, with yeah, and and kind of like 
during this period, I feel felt extremely disembodied, mm -hmm. and and also it has some sort of connection with the work because in 2013, I, I was not dancing yet. I was I was around 17, and never dancing in my life. So, what kind of like I knew about myself and my body was the condition that I had from my the brain itself, mm -hmm. and this would reflect in my body. But I didn't know how to handle my body. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So when I had this opportunity um, in London, it was very small. It was kind of like very small, just a duo. And I think these days I look at it and there's like some good qualities in it. I think last week I, I took a look in the video. It's like, oh, okay, it's cute. There's something very <laughs> cute. But it's not kind of like amazing. But I think like the intention that I put in it, I, I would still do it somehow, not the same way, but... I would keep this intention mm -hmm. in this in this case. Also, yeah, uh, we premiered like there was only once, and I think it was very emblematic because the last time I had um, a seizure was the same day of the premiere of this work. Oh, so it was I mean it's quite emblematic. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's speaking about the topic, and the topic itself comes into reality. It's just like, yeah concrete things that are kind of like maybe just an idea becomes concrete suddenly mm. yeah and in the process of of creating this piece and going through the research or the movement research um is there something that you discovered about yourself i mean tell the truth like usually when i when i go into to to the doing mm -hmm. i i have the tendency of like already had been ref already reflecting a lot about what I'm speaking about. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes it's even not that good because it takes like some of my agency away because I'm just like thinking over and over oh, what I'm supposed to do, what, what I want to do. And instead of like just the doing or like trying out. So when I, when I, I jumped into this, I was like, okay, I just, I just want to hit this thing because I know exactly what it is. I already felt this in my body and I felt... Uh, that I had the capacity of translating this somehow. The process that you that we talked a little bit about before the podcast, you mentioned um, your one of your pillars in your work is identity itself, and you also mentioned that one of your parents is a psychologist. I feel like there's so many more questions coming from that, but I'm like, <laughs> is is there something you want to commentate before I? I... Yeah, of course, for sure. Um, because I can find, I mean, I don't, I don't have parents that that are in this field, but just alone hearing some friends or people in passing who study psychology and how they dissect everything, and then bringing that kind of atmosphere into creating something. For sure, I mean, I have a very, very good relationship with my mom and my mm -hmm. dad, and but I think like with my mom, even closer to her because of this specific approach that she always had with me mm -hmm. i mean when i was kind of very young my mom was kind of a recently graduated and the university is still somehow very old-fashioned uh where she studied so i would say that kind of is pre-freudian type of psychology that she would have before that has a lot to do with the speech or you have like a patient and you're just like analyzing, you know, like psychoanalysis, all this kind of stuff. 
and the patient has actually is very passive and mm -hmm. is very active actively speaking but it's very pa i think it's very passive in in the in the acting itself mm -hmm. so i think my mom she was someone who analyzed me a lot when i was younger not not in a mean mean way but i got curious mm -hmm. when i was older when i was a teenager i was like oh this is actually actually very interesting why not so i i always had like interest in, in into the humans uh human sciences you know anthropology or sociology philosophy um you know i've, I've always been into kind of politics in general and trying to understand kind of like okay what is a economical systems and how this how it works how the how, how kind of like the society itself and the contemporaneity works and i think like part of it is also kind of like the the science of psychology mm. and and i think like after some years my mom started to kind of like also adapt herself to new times coming i mean you can't just like kind of use the same theory that was used 100 years ago yeah, for yeah. like a, for the modern ages you know what i mean and then she started to come with the um, with more of the newer sciences mm -hmm. which is extremely interesting it's when kind of like literally psychology um have an intersection point with um, somatic work or body work for example mm. it's when you st start to understand that kind of like for a patient a trauma manifests in the body in different ways doesn't matter kind of like there's always something there's somewhere that kind of like it's resonating and not only trauma but kind of like all different states of mind and spirit in the life of, of one you know what i mean i'm kind of understanding it but but could could you like name an example of maybe like a process or like today um where you're going to gift us with a workshop like how do you translate sure. it into into movement into Sure. I mean, sometimes it just kind of they go over and over and over, and so I, I even forget about what was, was first of all the question. <laughs> so I was just kind of okay. It's well, all good. We're just yeah, having a conversation. What, what was it about? It was my mom. <laughs> yeah, of course. It was. Oh no. Uh, oh my god. I remember. <laughs> anyway, um, and this workshop, um, I, had, I had many phases. I think through like Corona, because mm -hmm. first arriving is kind of like I arrive in Berlin, and there was this whole lockdown and. And somehow I'm alienated from what I am. That's kind of my speciality in the work. Kind of like okay, dance or performance, art in general. I, I'm also into music, so mm. also I play. And I was kind of really alienated from all of this. Mm -hmm. So I think I just start to go into more into this area and, and read and try. And I think like the whole the whole Jungian type of like analysis, which is really based into the imagetic thing, like the um, underneath the subconscious, which is just like these images uh, really interested me. And I start to think, okay, there are some manifestations that are not conscious in kind of like a human mind, but mm -hmm. there's like really the underneath part. And how can you kind of maybe bring these images from the underneath part into this concrete concretude, you know, of the of the reality, mm -hmm. and and that's when I start to kind of develop a bit by bit this idea of this workshop. Right now, it's kind of pretty much more advanced, and I mean, for example, start with uh, with tarot. Mm. I start with tarot. I mean, I I do see, I really like tarot. I study tarot. I mean, tarot is something that kind of you study forever somehow and whole life long. 
and I was not taking so much like the holistic part of tarot, but much more the imagetic way of seeing. And just to, to uh, tarot, just to kind of, I'm not familiar with this expression or this um, technique. What is tarot exactly? Tarot, like the, the deck with all these cards mm -hmm. and you have tarot cards. Sorry. Okay. Tarot cards. But please, please continue. Just I mean, the tarot cards is basically you have several archetypes mm -hmm. inside of these cards. It's, yeah. um, you have like the 20, uh, 22 major arcana and you have like the 50 something minor arcanas. And they're like somehow dancing inside. I really like. I really like actually when Hodorowski speaks about the tarot because he always like used this expression that the cards are actually dancing inside mm. the deck. The deck's there, and when you position them, the cards start to dance by oh. their own. To me, it's giving a mixture of science and spirituality. Kind of can can, <laughs> can say this for sure. I mean, of sure. course, they're also interlinked within each other. One doesn't exist without the other. For sure, but. At like the what is the resonance or the the feedback after people finished a beautiful workshop with you? Like, wh where does it take them? I mean, every destination is different for sure. But what is what is happening? What are yeah? What is happening through this I, journey? This this workshop I'm, I'm giving today the domain of expansion. The last time I gave was actually very heartwarming. Mm -hmm. And definitely was kind of like the best the best kind of session because after with kind of very specific group I had after the, the session, people were just kind of like, Oh, actually um, I was really afraid before starting it. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to expect. I think, I think sometimes I get myself maybe too cryptic and people always tell me this, that I'm a bit cryptic. And, but I always believe the kind of like the praxis, the praxis itself is the criteria of the truth, you know, mm. Through the practices, you can make the confirmation of what something is. Otherwise, it's just kind of an idea. I mean, you can always like do something based on an idea, but I think like when things get really solid, it's through the practices itself. And some feedbacks are like really emotional. I mm. kind of feel like very, you know, like it's it's just very raw sometimes. They say, "Hey, was not ready." Or hey, actually, this this was kind of the best part of my day. Or oh, I didn't feel that much, mm -hmm. and I and I like this. I like this sincerity that someone would come towards me, because I think like through the years I started to get a bit more sincere, also with people mm -hmm. in terms of like not saying something for someone to take it personal, but kind of saying something in a very in a in a way that kind of someone can take this as an information and, and process, and same way I will process. You know, like really indicating kind of, okay, this is the workshop. You have like the whole freedom to get out or to sit or uh, whatever is better for you. Mm. You know, I don't to want to, I don't want to, yes. I don't want to frame things like so much that kind of one can't get out of it. Because mm. I think it can be quite tricky. Yeah, you like you also the in the passage that I read about everything being healing, uh, decolonial as well. Um, and connecting with our ancestors, giving our location and your work has, you have been in the UK, you have been in Switzerland and in Germany, which are predominantly white spaces. How do we build this connection with our ancestry? How do we heal in these predominantly white spaces as BIPOCs? 
For real. For real. <laughs> for real. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the, the, for me, it's just the biggest challenge. Yeah. You know, uh, the fact that kind of like, I took the decision mm-hmm. and I kind of like, it's, it's, that's an interesting part because, you know, like some people take um, the decision to come because you don't have so many other choices. Mm. And somehow I would say that kind of it was not so extreme for me to come here. I came because I wanted something and I saw that kind of around me or that kind of like during that kind of sphere that was inserted in, I wouldn't have some opportunities. And I was very lucky that a lot of people helped me to get where I am. It was not kind of like, oh, where you are right now, but kind of like to get like physically even here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think like because of these countries are like predominantly white, of course, but it's not that kind of like we don't exist. Mm -hmm. And from the fact that we exist, I mean, we got to be acknowledged, first of all, in between our communities. Um, I I see sometimes kind of like the, not the necessity, but kind of like really the very strong driver will to go towards the community and say kind of like, hey, can we deal this among us? Mm. First of all, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like building among us something before kind of like expanding or before, because I think kind of like when you're positioned in Europe, there's a great tendency that you will feel that you're by your own. Mm. Yeah. You feel kind of, oh yeah, this is kind of this is supposed to be like, oh, uh, I failed in something. So definitely this is my fault or, it's kind of like the, oh, there's always this tendency of like going to individual level, very atomic kind of self-destructive. Well, exactly, mm. exactly. Because you're always guilt of something that we've done, or kind of like someone is always guilt of something that happened. And and if you take the majority of people, we are pretty much kind of like in the same, more or less, I think, kind of um, class or. Yeah, situation. I mean, the history of the individuals are different, but kind of the, the individualism that is created or kind of like presented as as a as a form of living, I don't think it's natural. Mm-hmm. And when it, when I speak about like healing, I speak also about kind of like taking back certain aspects that were kind of erase it or mm-hmm. try to or kind of was a very strong attempt, like a very violent attempt to erase certain types of types of living because mm-hmm. you know like that's actually what colonialism is about it's kind of like you impose first of all you confronted you know like when someone goes into like the colonialism state of mind it's kind of this the colonizer is confronted by kind of another type of living that mm-hmm. doesn't really match the purpose of the colonizer itself mm-hmm. so like this settle will go there and try to kind of like impose like a, a vision on top of that type of society that's organized in a different way. So, yeah. And I think like the healing part is, is first of all, got to be collective. Mm. You got to be collective to yeah. do it. I mean, if you're only by your own, uh-huh. I mean, you can do a lot, of course, kind of like you can yeah. put all your strength and kind of like you can be like, you know. Even talking about ancestry, that is also a collective in a certain way going back to yeah to the ancestry wow i i I lost my track of thought but i had a connection there but it disappeared (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, connecting and togetherness uh, also brings me to your current work or the process that's happening at the moment with the Loft uh, Mixed Able Dance Company. Um, finding this collectivity, especially in this ableist world and working with um, mixed abled people to in a space, in a site specific performance, mm -hmm. which I don't know how accessible it is. Yeah, I, I want to hear a little bit about I mean, it's, it's quite interesting that you mentioned even kind of like the space, how accessible it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it really connects with kind of this previous topic and why we're doing this. Mm -hmm. First of all, like there is like Loft Das Theater in Leipzig. It's there is this, um, it's an independent theater in Spinnerei. And from 2020, they decided to, I mean, before, of course, but kind of 2020 is when I entered, they created this company called Forward Dance Company that the objective would be like a dance company going to be mixable. It's going to be the first one in Saxon. I mean, especially because of, I think, like the, the whole idea of Saxon that people have in general, because it's kind of like the most, uh, I would say, more conservative side of mm -hmm. Germany and... There's like a, the far right is like stronger there. Um, so kind of like I think the our our kind of director project manager had this uh, this intention mm -hmm. for this for this project with this new piece we're gonna we're gonna perform in the Fokkelschlagdenkmal, which is this um, this monument that was built uh, 150 years ago more or less and was because of the, 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 the biggest battle of Napoleon against the coalition, the Sixth Coalition, and Napoleon actually lost this war and was the kind of first time that Napoleon lost. I mean, historically speaking, I don't think I'm very accurate. Maybe I am. <laughs> Though uh, I think that's kind of the whole history of the monument. So they built this and it's kind of the very strong stone, huge uh, type of monument from the Bismarck era mm -hmm. in, in Germany. And... And it's actually right now, of course, like we are in the contemporaneity, so it's a bit more accessible. But certain parts of the building are not accessible at all. Mm -hmm. And with this performance, we're gonna perform everywhere in the building, mm -hmm. and even in the non-accessible parts. Mm -hmm. And and I re actually, I'm really proud of like my colleagues and this project. I mean, I'm. I'm still with Dan to tell the truth because of my colleagues, because the group that was reunited is so diverse, is so interesting. We disagree, I think, in a lot. I think we're really diverse. I, I would, I would, I think, it would be the most radical, and I think, like, also the head of the the project is a bit more like, I don't know, a bit more liberal and, and kind of like I, I don't, I don't match so much sometimes with some. Um, Political this political decisions about some works, but kind of like even though like I think there's always an open debate there, mm -hmm. and I love places that have open debates. I love this this type of environment, and with this new work will be like three hours performance, wow. this durational, in this huge building. I even broke my finger. <laughs> I have a broken finger right now. Oh. Um. Forward Dance Company is, is part of my career and it's mm -hmm. a part of my career that I, I really am proud of it in the yeah, end, yeah, you know. Yeah. There were so many ups and downs during Corona and right now I think it's a bit more established. And, yeah. and bringing like the past works that you've done into, I mean, this is not the first time you've collaborated with them. That's how a I'm understanding times, it. A few times. 
And then bringing your personal work, your aspect of um, healing and decolonizing into um, the spectrum of um, a mixed able dance company. Like what are like some of the intersections where you agree and some where you disagree? You also mentioned you have a lot of arguments. Like what's, what's the tea? Because mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. to mention, and in the disclaimer of every podcast, we say that we do not have um, any person with disability with visible disabilities on the podcast so far. Because mm-hmm. uh, I like to address that because there are companies here in Germany that work with and for disabled people, uh, both in dance and performance. And we have a beautiful theater here in Hamburg that works with, that has a Down syndrome company. And um, yeah. I hate that I'm <laughs> addressing a lot of these questions around this topic to you, okay. but um, just because, I don't know, I don't want to make you the spokesperson, no, but it's fine. you do have this beautiful experience that I find um, is a great reference to get a, to get a tiny insight of what things could be. For real, for real, especially, I mean, For example, one of the problems that uh, our director is always uh, confronted with mm-hmm. is um, he's always trying to find um, disabled choreographers as mm-hmm. well, you know, mm. to kind of like, okay, let's let's actually bring these people also to kind of like, we're not we're not a collective in the end, we're not. So there are some sort of hierarchies there. I mean, as I said, they're they're really open to debate, but some structures are still there. Which yeah. sometimes can be like can cause some friction mm-hmm. to bring like choreographers that are kind of disabled to to kind of like choreograph to this mixable uh, context and bring kind of like another type of vision, another type of like physicality. What what is kind of this type of style that can be created out of this, and also the visibility to these people. And we had um, we had our work that would be soon. Uh, touring uh, it's called Sull'esponde del Lago it's uh, by um, by an um, Italian choreographer it's called uh, Alessandro Schiattarella and he's a disabled person and he created this work in collaboration with Loft and Roxy, Roxy Theatre in Basel Switzerland and it was very interesting because we had access for For the first time to not the first time but kind of for kind of like for a longer period mm-hmm. to another type of creation another type of like trying to do um, a different type of work and there was kind of like very hard criticism about like the ballet structure in terms of not only the ballet structure itself for normative bodies but like the ballet structure as kind of like what is the physicality that kind of like what is the physicality that can exist inside this world mm. beyond only the kind of normative bodies or kind of what type of histories what type of narratives i mean also like my workshops um, this workshop i like to speak a lot about narrative narrative mm-hmm. because i mean i think there's always this data of like where this where something can come out from and where is the data of who's speaking mm. this type of discourse. And that's kind of like a type of narrative. And it, and this narrative would be always like implicated with uh, cultural questions or 
um, um, yes, uh, your identities, your gender, and kind of like uh, amount of agency that you have, and or kind of amount of agency that you experienced in your past, and how much kind of can reproduce right now. So I think like there, um, everything's under dispute for me. Everything in life is under dispute. Mm -hmm. And I think like there in Loft and Forward Company, it's a place that I like this dispute and not in kind of a competitive way, but pretty much kind of, okay, what we doing and what is the, what is the statement we're doing? Mm -hmm. I would not agree sometimes, but I, I want to keep going. Yeah, that's, Sounds like a beautiful thing to have because a lot of times conversations don't even happen and it's just walls are pulled up and things are shut down. Cancel culture. For sure, um, for sure. Yes. However, this, I don't know, you speak so poetically and I do have a poetic question from you which was asked by the previous podcast because in every podcast we ask someone uh, we ask them to ask a question for the next person. Mm -hmm. So now I get to ask you one, and at the end I will also ask you to think of one. The question is, how many times did you have to die in order to survive? I, I mean, I, I think, I think, I mean, I, I don't see things anymore as kind of like very uh, only like cyclical. I think there's like more complexities. Mm -hmm. In the life of uh, of a being itself, whatever type of being, but I think there's like micro deaths. Mm -hmm. There's always micro deaths. Can be like an emotional situation, or yeah. Um, for example, I'm gonna give kind of very uh, someone can call it stupid, but for example, from the moment I, I broke this bone here, mm -hmm. it was kind of okay. From now on, or at least for like a few weeks. I got to adapt myself into something else, mm. into kind of like not using my hand fully or not using my full grip or uh, what would be or kind of probably it would be more like right. I'm left-handed <laughs> and that's the worst. And I would be like using more of my right hand. And this is part of me that would be gone for a short period. And everything is 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 temporary. I mean, our existence here is just a, a small bit of, of the eternity itself. Mm. So, I mean, for us can be like years, but for for like everything else that don't have the same neural system of understanding things, it's not the same. Time is not passing the same way. So, I think kind of like the concept of like dying many times in order to survive is the adaptation itself is just kind of like something is gone. It's kind of like the umbilical cord is like remove it from you from the moment you're born and kind of like that part is dead from you and and for the period that you're inside of your parent uh, womb uh, this thing was like an essential part for you and and it's nine months for nine months around and these nine months configures like your whole life mm. so it would be for this since you're nine months old only your umbilical cord it's like an essential part of you. And you can't actually imagine to not have your umbilical cord till the moment that you don't have anymore. Oh. So. Wow. You're the perfect person to answer this question. <laughs> That's <was> beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Damn. I like this question. <laughs> um, 
But now I'm going to bring it back to this audience performer perspective because mm -hmm. we've been talking a lot about um, being the performer, being the creator mm -hmm. of pieces. And as a audience member, what is it that, um, what do you like to see? What really inspires you when you see works like that or if you go to the to the theater or to a performance or to a museum what are you looking for i think it would depend from from who mm -hmm. this work is coming from and then i can say i mean for example i would say more the things that are more um connected with my identities okay let's say some of my identities like BIPOC, uh, migrant, um, Brazilian, national state, okay, like this mm -hmm. tree. So kind of like for someone from this group, for example, performances that I enjoy seeing from people from these groups are are pretty much connected with um, with kind of that I like to see. This mm -hmm. is kind of my personal, this is my personal taste yes, at yes. all. This is kind of really personal, but I like to see like when radical questions are addressed during the during the the work itself and when i say radical is not kind of like i want to break everything but mm -hmm. like radical in the sense of like the latin going to the root you know mm -hmm. of the of like a problem a root of like uh, the cause itself and also to balance this is not kind of keeping like so brainy or keeping just kind of like okay that's always the life is always a kind of a, a struggle but so kind of like keep up with the joy itself you know sometimes I, I, I jump into projects and i don't feel like the huge joy of doing it and i always wonder kind of like wow i need to bring this thing and i gotta have the joy of working the people i'm working right now so and i like to see this as a as, as kind of expectator when I'm, I'm an expectator and seeing kind of wow this person is having fun with someone else mm -hmm. and i'm kind of like I, i'm i have this I, i'm just like staring and I have this gaze toward this person and kind of this is also like I feel part of it I feel part of it because mm. I, I like this 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 thing this feeling of like of some sort of belonging to mm. a work mm -hmm. but not only belonging because I want to be part of a group but belonging because um, because it feels like it's peace among us you know it's kind of really peace among us I feel that Okay, I might disagree with some some parts of this of this piece or this artistic work, but I feel that you are doing this for the right reason, and and many times really touching, and can be whatever type, and that's why I kind of like go to theaters or spaces of art. I, I try to be as open as possible, uh, especially when addressed to what I said before, certain mm -hmm. identities. And now switching back into the creator position, mm. does the public influence your work or the public that you are inviting or addressing? Um, good question. Um, well, um, kind of like I, I consider myself, I mean, most of the, the, the works I'm involved in, I have always this kind of like very... Um, very active position of creating movement, you know, even kind of like I'm, I'm a dancer in, in a project. Usually the projects I pick because I, I mean, I'm trying also to kind of like bring 
bring some some sort of awareness at mm-hmm, least for kind of like mm-hmm. friends of mine or kind of like the community i'm started in the dance community that kind of like you i know like i mean many times we don't have the choice but kind of when you have the choice do the the works that you want or kind of not that you want but if you a bit kind of like identify it with mm-hmm. so it kind of like can also like show your individuality without kind of like forgetting oh we're like all together here and we're kind of trying to make this work work together so when when i position myself me versus public it really depends because uh for example was this year performing in china and and i had kind of like one of the best experience of my career with this uh-huh. because i actually i i i enjoy i mean i had i was there for two months in this creation period of this piece called uh, club loneliness and the public that i had there reflected somehow a lot of the people that i had contact in daily life for these two months so i had like a, i for the first not first time but like in a while i felt even a bit kind of i i usually don't get so nervous to step on the stage but this the day of the premiere i felt a bit like insecure not insecure but there was something you mm-hmm. know like in in my guts it was just kind of okay i, I got to do it because i felt that kind of i had some responsibility not respons- uh, yeah kind of responsibility mm-hmm. towards this public because it was i felt like so alive and so well received in the space that i was there for these two months that i want to give something back and it's not cuz it's always an exchange but pretty mm-hmm. much kind of like i ha- i have a lot of gratitude for the spirit that was there so this is one of the ex- examples that how i have connection with the public sometimes mm-hmm. I, i mean i don't connect so much with the public as well it's and and I, i think it's supposed to be fine i think it's yeah. supposed to be fine and kind of normalize also the, the situations that you don't feel so much that that space um is um is is is, is something to be occupied i mean sometimes you just got to do it as, as, as a job as well mm-hmm. because i mean if, if kind of like we just maintain this meta analysis of art or something that kind of like it's beyond oh it's like an expression of soul works or this and that we also forget that kind of like true art we we got to live and we kind of like and especially kind of like for i think type of people you know like trans folks and migrants in europe it it's even more difficult mm-hmm. and because it's even more difficult I think sometimes we need to address it more like a job, not mm. only as a job, but like as a job as well. Because if if you just like maintain this kind of like super uh, somehow alienated, it's it's the same the 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 human the human uh value of work of this um, somehow I think gets a bit lost. Mm. So yeah, that's kind of some of my visions uh, yeah, to public or like to how to see job or to see dance and art as as a profession yeah yeah because passion really blurs the lines between profession exactly mm. i'm going to say thank you because you have you have fed us with so much beautiful <laughs> beautiful quotes beautiful things but before we go i also need to ask you producer standing behind the camera the question <laughs> i need to ask you the question <laughs> what question um 
and this could be really anything um would you like to ask our next guests somebody i would like to ask yeah. to the next guest mm-hmm. Ooh, i'm terrible in posing questions actually i mean I've, it's more like a dialectical process to make a question yeah so um, but like knowing the the knowing like kind of the guests the atmosphere that you got to experience in the last two hours. <laughs> Sorry for the... It's so good. Uh, yeah. What would you like to know from your fellow dancers, choreographers, creators? True. I mean, I think I would like to know if... Not that I would like to know, but to provoke that kind of... Mm-hmm. Are, are we ready to give the step forward that is necessary for our emancipation. Mm. I'm, I'm definitely ready for this, but I can't do by my own, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I, I need uh, my beloveds with me, mm. my community. Your collectiveness. Exactly, I, I need this. Yeah. Uh. I need us to give the last, next step. <laughs> Stop it, I love it. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you. I look so forward you. to this workshop. And so you, fast. <laughs> <laughs> you were listening to Re Presen Tanz. <laughs> Thank you for listening and tune into our next episode of information visit our social media pages representants underscore lab <laughs> the content on this podcast has been verified to the best of our abilities we cannot guarantee that there are no mistakes or errors we sadly acknowledge that at the moment we have no representation of a person with disabilities this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered as legal or medical advice 